The PREP for the Night podcast is partially supported by the Arkansas Department of Health through a grant program funded, in part, by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. All discussion is solely the responsibility of each participant and does not necessarily represent the official views of, nor an endorsement, by engaging Arkansas communities, the Arkansas Department of Health, CDC, or the U.S. government. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Prep for the Night podcast. My name is Dwayne. I am your host, and I'm here today with myself, you know. I'm just going to talk to you guys a little bit one-on-one. This isn't going to be a very long episode. It's just kind of like a check-in. It's been a minute. Uh, For a couple of reasons, I took a break. Uh, Mental things have been going on, and, you know, one of those things, we can't preach about wanting everyone to worry more about their mental health if we're not doing it ourselves. And that's one thing that I learned. I haven't been worrying about my own mental health for a long time. Uh, I've kind of put it on the back burner because I like to stay busy. You know, they say if you stay busy, then you can run away from your demons. I don't want to run away from my demons forever. So I kind of have been reflecting and trying to figure out my life as far as what I want to do. School did start back for me. I took the summer off. So I had a little break for the summer. Uh, but school has started back, so I've gotten really, really busy lately, and I just need a little break, you know? Plus, um, I kind of got to a point where I didn't feel like the work that I was doing with this podcast was worthless. Um, that's not what I felt at all. I kind of felt like, I just felt like I've been doing it for the whole length of time that I've been positive myself. Uh, so trying to help someone when you haven't healed yourself uh, is a lot because I did think that I, you know, healed myself and I still kind of do think that I'm in a good area with accepting my diagnosis, but I haven't took time to just breathe, you know? So, uh, today I've just been kind of relaxing. Um, this is, it's been like a week. I just had my appointment with my specialist, uh, to renew my medications for another round, uh, for another six months, I believe is what it is. Uh, I ran into a little trouble with my medications um, about a month ago. I almost ran out because I guess they give you the the order for like six months. And I have been avoiding going to my specialist because I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's that, that doesn't mean I haven't been taking my medicine. I take my medicine faithfully. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy being undetectable. And, you know, so I, I make sure that I take my medicine all the time. But there are other things that we need to do for our health. And I haven't been watching my health. One thing my specialist gets on to me about is my blood pressure. And I've always had blood pressure since I was a kid. Literally, I remember back when I was, I'd say probably like 13. No, it was before that. So I was I was probably like 9 or 10. Uh, and it, it was basketball season. Of course, I play sports. So uh, they take you to do a physical. Well, you go and get a physical yourself. And I remember uh, the doctor being like, mm, your blood pressure is high. I don't know if I should clear you to play on a team then he was like well no nah, it's just a little high you know whatever and he passed it on they would do that every year my blood pressure was always high it didn't matter if I was skinny if I was fat it didn't matter what I was eating I believe um and my doctor says this all the time that sometimes it's hereditary and I know that my dad had similar problems when he was a kid not so much kid just in his life in general he always had high blood pressure so I think I did get that from genetics but anyway with that being said 
Um, she's been telling me since I've been diagnosed positive that I need to watch certain things that I eat, like my salt intake, uh, which is kind of difficult because I'm a person who really likes, <laughs> I love hot wings, I love chicken, I love all the things I shouldn't really be eating regularly, but I, I promise at this point I can have a Popeye's membership the way that I'm at Popeye's almost every day. And I know that it's very unhealthy, but I just love chicken. Don't y'all love chicken? How y'all am I supposed to give up chicken? Uh, she tells me that I can still eat spicy foods, but I just need to watch my portions or whatever. Of course, I haven't been doing that. I've been, let's say, for the last three months or two months since I've done this uh, podcast. Um, I think I did one right before I went to L.A. I'm not sure when the last one I did. But uh, ever since I went to L.A. in June, Life has kind of been very interesting. So I went through a a little period of depression, I will say, where everything just seemed dark and cloudy uh, when I returned. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know if L.A. kind of woke me up and made me realize that I'm not happy where I am because I, I really enjoyed myself when I was there. The atmosphere, the people that I met, everything was just so exciting there. And then you come back home and it's the complete opposite. And I even remember telling my, I have a day job where I was a social worker. I remember telling them, like, they were like, oh, you're, you're, you're just shining. You've been smiling and so happy since you got back. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I needed that time away. And it kind of just made me realize that I have more to give in life than what I'm giving or also what I'm receiving. I feel like I'm deserving of much more. Uh, so L.A. was kind of a wake up call for me. And ever since then, I've been trying to figure out what it is that I, you know, want. With that being said, I kind of took up, you know, little activities like um, I started drinking, like having a like a cocktail every night, just about uh, before I went to bed. I started doing edibles and I'm not a person who smokes or do drugs, but I kind of got a likeness to edibles over the summer. And, you know, I was having fun with those the little cookies, you know, and I don't even eat you know, sugar cookies, or I don't eat cookies in general, but I was in LA. (laughs) Everything goes back to LA. I was in LA, and I had an edible, and it was just so good, but anyway, with that being said, I've been doing things that have not been good for my health, and so I'm trying to do better. Like, now I'm on this diet. It's it's a self-made diet where I'm just choosing to eat different foods, so for the last week, I've been eating very boring things, like... (laughs) I've been eating a bunch of salad and bananas, uh, blueberries, strawberries. Uh, I've been eating a lot of things. I'm trying to get my, my uh, not only my blood pressure lower, but I also need to lose some weight because if I'm not mistaken, I've gained probably like eight pounds in the last month or so after I weighed myself at the doctor. I was like, wow, where did those, pain, those pounds come from? Uh, so yeah, I really need to lose that because I do feel bigger. Uh, there's a lot of my clothes that I can't fit. So, in summation, in summation, I am working on me currently. Uh, and I know a lot of you are wondering, like, how does this tie into, you know, his HIV positive status? Well, when you're, when you go and get tested, you do your blood work when you're positive. You know, you do it every couple of months. Uh, some people do it, like, every two months, I think. I think it's like every two months or something, four months in the beginning, but then it turns to six 
So anyway, when you go and get your blood drawn, they test you for different things, you know, chlamydia and all that stuff. Of course, you know, I'll be negative for those because I'm not sexually active. Uh, but you know, they test for your glucose, your um, your carbon dioxide levels, all this stuff that read into your kidney functions. Uh, and a lot, of, some of my levels this time were a little high, higher than they you know normally are. And like I told my my specialist, because I was drinking a lot. Um, but, oh, 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 I misinterpreted something, too, and it made me start panicking. My CD4 levels were lower than they were the last time I went and did test. So uh, that made me a little nervous because that mean, that could either mean, like, your medicine isn't responding, to, you're not responding to your medicine the way that you should be, or something. There's, there's a couple of things that can mean. But because I know the CD4 is, your CD4 number is what they look at, tell you if you're um if you're undetectable and all that i panicked you know and i like i said i, I this is when i was reading my results without the, the provider you know and i read it myself and i was like oh my god like i'm fucking up like i gotta get myself together but actually when i went to see her uh she explained to me she was like actually your numbers are pretty good and i was like well why did this number go down and she explained it to me like, okay, you have a set number, CD4 number. And she said, think of it like a fire station where you have a certain number of firemen in a building. Say they get called out to a fire and a few of them leave, but you still have the same number of men employed. You know, so say you have five men employed. Two of them went to go put out a fire. So that's two of them that's left. You have three left in a building. But because they're still employees, you have five employees. So, your CD4 number hasn't changed. It's a percentage number that you look at. I didn't know anything about that. So, girl, I was panicking. I was like, oh, my God, I'm really fucking up. But she explained that, you know, it might have been because at the time that I took the test, my uh, cells were coming in contact with a virus and they were fighting it off, you know, whatever, which could have been also I got the monkeypox shot right before I did my blood testing. So, that was, she said that was something that could have, you know, spiked it or you know, took it down a little bit, so I was like, girl, all right, I said, because I came in here moping, and I was so sad, because I was like, she could have yelled at me, <laughs> but my, my specialist is so sweet, I love interacting with her, I love going to see her, it's just this specific meeting I was very afraid of, usually I'm cool and ready to go see her, but I, like I said, I, when you know you're doing wrong, you don't want to, at one, you don't want to admit that you're doing wrong. You don't want to be confronted about you're doing wrong. You know, that goes for many cases. Uh, so that's that. But, you know, I'm still on track of helping people get the help that they need. Uh, my brothers, you know, they're not HIV positive, but I've gotten them on PrEP. Well, one of them has gotten on PrEP now. The other one's trying to get on PrEP. So it's a process with them. Uh, I don't know if you guys are on prep. If you're not, if you're not a positive individual and you've tested negative every time you went to test, there's no reason you shouldn't be on prep. One, there's too much out here right now for you not to be on prep. You have COVID going around. You have all these STDs and STIs around. You have monkeypox to be, you know, fearful of. Get the protection you need so that you don't have to be afraid all the time. And, you know, I just want to say also, just because you get prepped, that doesn't mean that you're able to not live worry-free. Uh, it depends on your circumstance, you know? If you take the other precautions to make sure everything's good, you protect yourself from other STDs. But PrEP prevents you from getting HIV, you know? So there's no reason you should be on that. You can't be afraid of HIV and not take the proper steps to prevent it. 
So, if you're not HIV positive, go and get that. So, what have you guys been up to? I mean, I... <laughs> you know what? And this just reminds me. So, I was doing homework last night. Uh, what's today? Today's like September... What is today? September 13th? I don't know. Anyway, I was doing homework the other night. And, you know, you have to do the discussion post. And on my discussion post... Uh, we were going over our privileges and one of the guys said you know he doesn't have any privilege uh, when he was doing the thing he said the only thing that stood out to him was whether or not he would go to a gay club and whether or not he would um, what did he say be comfortable with having a dentist that's HIV positive so of course I had to comment on that so I had to make sure that he knew the right and wrong in that situation because it just was not right I know my, <laughs> I know my professor gets tired of me because every time we discuss something about gay relations or uh, HIV or anything that has affected me being black, I'm always the person that stands up, and and that's everywhere I go. I feel like I'm always the outspoken person. I'm always the person speaking up for everybody else, uh, and sometimes that does get a little draining. But somebody has to do it. You know, there are a lot of people who will not stand up and say anything. Uh, there are a lot of people who let things just slide by. I'm not one of those people. As much as I hate it, because, you know, honestly, I do hate it. it. It has made me, made it hard for me to keep friends because I have such a moral code that I stand by. I don't waste any time cutting someone off. It doesn't matter how long I've known you. My morals, my morals come first. So, so, yes, things that I believe in have made me lose a lot of friends. Am I sad about that? Not necessarily. That's a part of life, and part of life is moving on, you know? So anyway, back to that post uh, on the discussion post. He posted and said that he had no ignorance to fix. He said the only thing that could have stood out to him was the fact that he would not go to a gay bar with a friend if he was asked because he's uncomfortable. As a heterosexual man, I understand why you would be uncomfortable, although I do want to let you know that the gay bars are not always like you see on TV. We are not always trying to hit on you guys, please. But the one that really stood out to me was the fact that he said he would not be comfortable with a dentist who is HIV positive. Though, again, I understand if you are ignorant and don't know that one, your dentist may be undetectable, so he's not going to transmit you anything. Two, the likelihood of the dentist bleeding you guys having blood-to-blood contact is very rare, but again... If he's undetectable, hey, I just think he made that comment with no knowledge at all about HIV, and it kind of made me uncomfortable. Uh, so I wrote him this long response. Uh, mind you, in that same exercise, I had made a long response about being black, gay, and HIV positive. Once, I'm, once again, I'm very open with everything about my life. So I put it all on the table for my classmates to read. I was the first person to respond to the post because reading the post really made me emotional. So we, we did this exercise called How Comfortable Are You? And I can't think of what class this is. Uh, I think it's social work and diversity or something like that. So lately we've been going over um, intersectionality, I think. So we did this assignment, How Comfortable Are You? And most of the questions were like, how comfortable would you be walking down the street 
with five black men walking your way? How comfortable would you be on an airplane sitting next to an Arab? Like, it was things geared towards certain races. But you know, the only race that was not mentioned was the white man. There was no question of, how comfortable are you walking down the street and you see five white men? How comfortable are you driving through an all-white city as a black man? Like, none of the questions were geared towards how a person of color would see interaction with a white man. Which made me a little upset, you know, because how do we have a class on diversity (laughs) and (laughs) we're only talking about the traumas of the white man? We're not discussing how the white man has put us through you know, traumas either. It's just, we gear so much towards how can we make the white man comfortable. That's what that, that's what that exercise should have been called. How comfortable is the white man? And as a black man, I couldn't answer any of those questions. Simply put. The only one I did feel uncomfortable with was, uh, I can't remember. It was something HIV related to. I just felt like the way that they were, it was disrespectful. I would have to go back and read it because I don't remember. But I just felt that was ridiculous. So when I made my comment telling them how distasteful I thought it was, I think I gave people a different perspective. Like people coming and was like, oh, I never thought about it that way. You know, as a white woman, you know, I know sorry isn't enough, but I never thought about how this could be affecting you guys. Because I just read it and thought, oh, I don't, you know, I can see how some of these would be scary for myself, but I never thought about how that made you guys feel. That was most of their response. One girl got a little sassy with me and I didn't know how to respond to it. So I left it alone. But she was like, oh, that must be a little difficult for you having a white professor. And I was like, girl, when I say I almost jumped through my computer screen to find her, I was going to find her IP address and we was going to box because why did you come for me like that? It was so unprovoked because you have an option of coming and an option to not coming. And she chose to comment that. Like, girl, you came for me. You came for me. So I don't know how to feel. Anywho, <laughs> on another story of things that have been making me upset this week, I got attacked the other day, and I'm not physically assaulted. We don't have any Tory lanes around here, because please, he'll be locked up. Uh, I was verbally attacked the other day, so I don't really get on the uh, gay social media apps. The They call them hookup apps, like the Jack and the Grinders. Uh, I don't really get on those. When I do, it's usually because it, it says I have a message, and so I go and check it. Either I want to respond or I don't. I close the app. So this particular day, I was in Walmart, uh, and I got a message. So I opened the app. Uh, as I'm reading the app, uh, you know, going to the messages, I have a message that said, um, what did he say? He said, oh, you're still out here whoring and passing out HIV. I'm still out here doing what? Mind you, my profile, for as long as I can remember, has always stated, no hookups because I'm not interested in hookups. That was before I was positive, you know, with HIV as well. I've never been a person that just had random sex. That's not my thing. No offense to people that do. You know, I'm very sex positive. Do your thing. I'm a nudist. I don't like to have sex with everybody. I like to show my body. You don't get to touch it. You know? So, personally, I felt a little attacked because 
one, it was unprovoked that you made that comment. Two, there was like some emotion behind that. So the way that I'm looking at it is like, maybe you're someone I've said no to and you took offense to it. And so you felt the need to attack me. I don't know, but it kind of put me in the headspace, a very negative headspace the other day when I was shopping. And you know what? I couldn't even finish. I couldn't even finish shopping because I just felt so attacked. Like I just felt hurt. Because I know that I'm a good person. I know that the work I do is to always protect people. I know I'm a very honest person. Uh, I've never, never, ever, 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 ever had sex with someone and not revealed my status. I could give you proof. I've always had proof of me either being negative or me also being positive, undetectable. I've always kept that proof. So to be personally attacked like that, and mind you, this was the first time this has happened to me. I've only been diagnosed for like a year and a half now. Um, this is the first time I'm dealing with this situation. And I hear people talking about it all the time about how people are disrespectful to them now that they're positive. Uh, people are just very rude. And I always tell those people, like, well, maybe it's your mindset. Maybe you have to change the way that you're seeing the picture. Like, understand those people are ignorant. Understand where they come from. And take it as for, take it for what it is and move on. I could not take my advice in that circumstance. I'm not going to lie. I did respond to him and I was like, you know, I pleaded my case and I was like, no, you know, what you're saying is wrong. Da, da, da. Then he came back and gave specific time frames of uh, a time, I guess he wanted to hook up with me or whatever. And he was like, yeah, you were positive that whole time. And I was like, no, no, baby, I wasn't. And and I had to realize that, you know, it doesn't matter what I said to this person. He was going to believe what he was going to believe. So I finally just stopped responding because, you know, you know what? When I stopped responding, I got another message. And here he is trying to hook up with me. Suddenly he's sending nudes. He's like, yeah, you want to hook up? And I'm like, dude, how do you go from attacking someone to trying to hook up? Explain to me how that works. So anyway, my life has been pretty troubling lately, and I guess I could have just made this episode more so about uh, the troubles of my life currently. I I don't really have anything to major to go over. I just want to leave this podcast by saying, breathe, relax, life goes on. This is life as you know it. There's no need in stressing over it. And that's where I'm going to end. You guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you.